This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome, my friends, to the Wolverine Speedway Show down at Madurk. You're at npr.nz999 AM. We talk Speedway, Robertson Holden, International Speedway. Plus, we talk with drivers and track managers, promoters from other tracks around New Zealand. Chris, how are you? Right, I'm good. And um, this week, to start the show off, I've got uh, young Mitch Favish from uh, up the, I guess, the Waikato Bay of Plenty area. Where, where exactly are you there, Mitch? Te Amuru, just about um, 15 minutes south of Hamilton. Actually. Oh, sweet, sweet. So, well, that makes um, makes exact sense as to why you got the K on the side of your car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I literally live about five minutes from the track, so yeah. <laughs> perks, perks. Right now, the the, the name Fabish it's um, it's quite well known in in the speedway ranks. Um, I'm guessing mainly to start with from your from your dad. Did you did you have a grandfather that was in speedway yeah, as well. I, yeah. I, I actually I actually did. He didn't do much racing. He used to race um stock cars in the seventies at Forest Lake actually. And um oh, he didn't he didn't he didn't do much. I we don't really don't really know much about it or how he did or what, but yeah, so kinda really a third generation driver. Nice, nice, exactly. Yeah, that's good, good stuff. And then so that would have been probably um how the old boy your dad got into it i'm guessing yeah um well not really actually so he dad didn't really um he didn't really follow in his footsteps straight away it was sort of until i think like halfway through the 80s he um just started going out and watching like he, like you do and yep thought yep. he'd give it a give it a crack himself oh yeah right mm. we might we might have to get him on since uh you know, who knows? We well, it looks like we it looks like we're about to go racing in a few weeks' time anyway. But I'm yeah, sure there'd be time yeah. to have a good chat with them anyway. Oh, but you, always, but always. your story will be a little bit different because nowadays, um, quite often, more than more often than not, it's um, you say you, you know you're definitely a third generation driver, but um, second generations at least, you know, it's more often than not you've come through following dad basically, haven't you? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well. The only really reason I started out in mini stock was because Dad at the time was running the super stock, so it sort of just made sense, really. Yep. And um, I honestly reckon that's probably the best thing we ever did. To be honest with you, like, there's so much development that can come out of mini stocks. You know, like, yeah, it probably leads on to stock cars or super stocks, but you can learn a lot of racecraft from it with all the non-contact and trying to build momentum it's it's really good for the sport i think you see that across the board too um i was talking to to cody ogle a couple of weeks back you know and he said the same he's got to remember now that he's in the super that he can use the bumper not necessarily to to smash everyone and take people out as such but if you lean on someone or do hit someone you're not actually worried Mm. about walking up to the referee's box yeah you can (laughs) use it to your advantage almost yeah yeah exactly so do you reckon if if um if dad stayed in the midget class that you probably might have gone a bit of a different route in and maybe the kiwi kids the the quarter midgets and, and that sort uh, of way well we don't know really because well dad stopped racing and then got the super stock drive and we dad was sort of looking at putting me in a go-kart or something like that you know like oh, wow. going a different route but then we just heard from a few people along the line that it's not really worth it in the long run and yeah, well, just worked out. So worked out that the mini stock was the way we went. Yep, yep. And then pretty, um, pretty glad too. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, so were you always, um, I guess, wanting, you know, as a young fella? Because um, you would have been. How old were you have been when Dad was racing the super stock? You would have been. Uh, I was about. He was still. He was still racing. He was re- the last. He retired two years ago, I think. So I was still in the mini stock at that stage, but when he when he was really focusing real hard on the super stock, I think I was about I was about ten or eleven, maybe. Yeah. So at the age where you were sort of pestering dad, you know, I want to get in the car, I want to go racing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. 
But and I, I um, suppose you but, make friends as well with the other superstar oh, driver yeah. kids, and and you would have yeah. seen them, I guess, progressing into the mini stock. Yeah, well, that's that, that's exactly right. Like the friendships you can build from Speedway are second to none. You know, like there's so many good people around Speedway. It's it's just amazing. Yep. That's right, that's right. So you would have started bang on 12 years old into the mini stock, I'm guessing, and you ran your full uh, time right up to your 17th birthday? Well, I actually um, I started at 11 at Black Tracks at Wahoroa there. Oh, yeah. I started, I started the, as soon as I could, really. So we bought a car and then we sort of made it to suit me and that was all we really did and just did some laps at Wahara to see if I actually enjoyed it and I thought it was the best thing in the world really <laughs> yeah as, as every 11 year old probably probably yeah. did it as well yeah. yeah exactly yeah so along that um time you always did you always have the same car the whole way through your career well we did but we actually the first I think the first two two years at SNZ we left it how we bought it sort of just did sign writing like you usually do or whatever yeah and then when i started going like pretty decent we um we chopped the whole chassis up and it was basically just the coffin left really new roll cage and started from the ground up to make it how we wanted to suit how we thought would make it go good really oh yeah yep because it's it's quite minor, I guess, and and also, you know, obviously major as well as what you mm. can uh, really do in a car. I suppose chopping it right back. Yeah, well, there's a, there's obviously as people know, there's not much you can really change to a mini stock, but we sort of any little thing helps, I guess. Yeah. So we did every little thing that we could to try and be better than the others, I guess. Yeah. So when um. When in your mini stock career did the the podiums start sort of trickling through? Can you, or even go a little bit before that? Can you sort of remember your first win in the mini stock? Yeah, I can actually. Um, my first win in the mini stock was the first time I was ever in the grids. Oh, and sweet! It, and it was actually the first grid I ever got was grid one. <laughs> so that obviously really helps, and um. I remember the race just taking forever. I seemed like it was just dragging on. And then, yeah, got got the win for my first race, and that was, I thought that was the best thing in the world, really. So how, how many years into your, into your racing was that? Into that SNZ was racing? my first year of oh, wow. racing. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And from there, um, podiums? Did you get yeah. podiums in your first year? I ate. I, I did. I won a couple of age groups. I won, I think I won Future Speedway at Huntley in my age group. And I got uh, second in junior MIP, which yep. was really big. And I think that's, oh, and I got third in the junior Gisborne 100 as well in my first oh. year, which which was pretty good, yeah. And it kind of, I guess, um, shows mum, dad that basically, yeah, they made the right choice of buying you a car. Mm, yeah they um yeah dad's always been real real proud of me and shows like the amount of support he gives me is unreal the amount of time money sweat and tears that he puts in is just it's unbelievable yep whenabouts did you get your first major win in the car your big championship um you know um podium first place well the first big one that i remember was probably uh kiki stampede was probably my first like probably my biggest win actually in the mini stock because like being a home home track for me 15 minutes all my like yeah. people that support me my sponsors and every, everyone was there so it was just cool man that's the one did you um so coming to to the end of your speedway race or your mini stock career was was last season after i guess what Five years. You actually, Five years. You're 17 now? You've, you clocked yep, out at 17? 17 now. Or you clocked out well, early? Well, I actually clocked out early. I clocked out. The MIP was my last meeting, actually. And then the next weekend, I was straight into the midget. So 
So right. I actually, I got out. So I went to MIP about February. February, yep. So I got out probably three or four months early, early or yep. yeah. Sweet. Um. So, but and the MIP, the MIP was um, you went out on a high from, from mm, yeah, that, that not was... quite the top step, but third overall. Oh, yeah, that was um, that was really big for me after. The heartbreak I had a couple of years earlier getting it taken away from me that definitely um it was it was probably the biggest thing that ever happened to me in the mining slot really to just think that I um even podiumed at such a big event where all the big names have competed and podiumed at it just uh, it was the best thing ever. Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And and to do it behind a couple of your mates as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. On the podium. To do it with two other rotorail cars, the first ever time that was just it was cool for the club, you know, and shows how much rotorail puts in for the mini sock club. Yeah, oh, mini yep. socks in general. Yeah, exactly. You were just saying there, you had it taken away from you. Did what? Tell us a bit about that if you want to oh, pick up well, a little bit of. Uh, it's actually um, a little bit. Well, as you know, in mini socks, it's very, very easy to be found illegal in some some points yep but this this was this was um well we couldn't really call it illegal but it's not how the rule book says so really our engine wasn't what it was supposed to be but it didn't what was wrong wouldn't affect what it would do and a couple other cars got caught out in the same weekend but it was the first time that they actually ever check it oh okay but it, do, it doesn't actually affect the car at all. Yeah. Which was, yep. um, that was the most heartbreaking thing. But yep. we obviously didn't, you don't plan to have an illegal car. We always try and our cars are always as legal as we can get them. But yeah, that was just absolute heartbreak, really. Oh, I, I, I podiumed, I podiumed there as well. I got third there in a threat after a three way runoff. And I thought like, after get doing that, I was going into the last heat and I was actually 10th on points and I won the last heat. And that put me to third and then found out that we're in a three-way tie and I won the runoff. And then after all that, I thought it was just, I thought it was over. I thought that was like done deal. And then Tech Shed came around and didn't get through, unfortunately. So you, you actually won the runoff for first with three other cars. Mm. So you went from 10th, to third overall, to first equal, but with three cars, and then to win the runoff. So he basically came from nowhere. Yeah, really. Nice. Well, it's That's... actually a um, it's a real that was a real whacked up points meeting, I guess. Because so the guy that I was in, it was only meant to be a two car runoff to start with, with um Cameron Sitaway from Christchurch. Yep, and. Then after relegations happened after the last race, he got oh me oh no, a guy, I think it was Tyler Ingram got put forward after a relegation, so that equaled our points as well. So we got put in there, and then in the runoff, I won the runoff. Like I won the runoff, and then Cameron Sitaway, I think actually spun out Tyler Ingram, so <laughs> Ingram Ingram. DNF the runoff, but then Cameron Sitaway got disqualified for spinning him out. So then Tyler Ingram got second in the runoff, <laughs> but then I got disqualified for being illegal. So then he got third. So really, oh, wow. he went from being fifth after the runoff to getting third. Far out. Which is, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I am. Um, MIP, it throws everything yeah, up. Eh? It, oh, yeah. It's, it's a big weekend for a lot of kids. And it's it, it, a lot you just touched there, uh, going a little bit off topic here, but, you know, um, it's a lot for a young uh, driver, male or female. It's a lot to take, that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like for yourself, with uh, with not being found to the rules, getting disqualified, you know, even um, Tyler spinning out someone else, I'm sure, you know, he wasn't intentionally going for it, but, you know, like uh, to get that taken off him, and, and it's a lot for a young 
young person to take in. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly right. To to find out after the last race that you'd you'd done it, you'd podiumed at the biggest event. To finding out that that's all taken away from you is it's very very heartbreaking. Oh no doubt, no doubt. But you came back this year. You done it. You showed that you can do it. Um, well, you showed that last time. You know, it was it was no fluke, and that you probably should yeah. have two MIP podiums. But nonetheless, that's the past, and you've you've done mm. it now. Um, yeah. What other big sort of championships? I know there's a lot of mini stocks these days. What uh, what other big ones have you taken home? Um. Well, oh the 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 next big thing that I actually won was probably the the Rotor of Mini Slop Champs in my second year. Oh yeah, yep. So that was that was that was pretty big. Being a sort of an open wheeler format with two groups and two heats, and then a faster from the front feature that was that was pretty pretty cool to win. And yeah, of um, course, they're, they're they're just literally Rotor Club Champs. I think are just Rotorua cars and maybe the odd one or two invites, aren't yep. they? So they're pretty yep. prestige things. But but yeah, like like everyone probably realizes there's a lot of mini socks at Rotorua. I think yeah. last year we there was fifty five two out. groups. So to win that with probably the biggest field at any track on a average weekend was also pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. How about did. Did you go well at sort of the the southern North Island track, Stratford, Wanganui, yeah, um, Wellington? I, I've I've never actually there's two tracks I've never actually raced at, and that's Wellington and Miani. Oh mate, so, yeah, I know. I sort of I I had the chance to go to Miani, but then it rained out, unfortunately. So yeah, and you it. never and then, came down for that boys I'm, girls invitation nah, thing. Well, the the two times that I did it, oh, the two times it was on while I was racing, it was only run two times while I was still racing. Yep. And the the first time I was stood down from the <laughs> the MIP thing, and then the second time I was uh, where was I? Oh, I was actually racing in Australia, so I couldn't attend that either. I was that's that's a good segue because I was just going to touch on that because um, your your Fabish racing page is is um, it's huge. You can't you got to spend like a week just to go back through your posts. So. Mm. Um, I haven't really done a lot of homework here because, crikey, I could spend a week just reading about this season gone. That's how good. No, that's great because it, it keeps people informed. Your sponsors must love it. Um, yeah, well, but I, I did spot that you went to Aussie. Um, that was on that exchange, the New Zealand team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I um I was fortunate enough to be in the team twice to race both here in New Zealand and in Australia and actually be the captain of the team when we went to Australia. And that was, that was probably one of the best experiences of my life, to be honest, getting to race internationally is that's just everything any driver ever dreams of really. Yep. Yeah. So as a captain, how did it feel to be at the, uh, the front of the hucker? Oh, well, we didn't actually do one. <laughs> Everyone was saying that we should, but then I was sort of, I was sort of trying to, I was sort of selling them. I was like, nah, that's not really our thing. <laughs> got you. I got <laughs> but, you a bit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah, nice. That, it was, it was to go there and race was at Perth Motorplex, which is arguably one of the greatest facilities in the world mm. to race at. That was, that was probably the best experience I ever got in my youth career, really. Yeah. How'd you find the rate, the, the stock? Cause they're like, um, they're almost like production saloons, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, really over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um, they're front wheel drive, and I'll tell you what, front wheel drive. That is, I do not know how those guys do it. They are, they are something else. To come from a rear wheel drive car, learning to slide around and have sort of finesse when driving to going absolute balls to the walls on one of those things, it's it's completely different. To be fair, <laughs> did you go um, all right? Did you did you pick uh, any? Any flags up? The f- or did you, nah, did you well, stir it up with the rest of them? Well, I actually got spun out by my teammate in one of the features. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I actually, I went through the most cars while I was there. I blew up one of my cars in the first race I did. Oh. And then I went out in another car and I, I was trying to run the fence in a front wheel drive car, which doesn't really work. And I had smoked the wall and ruined the side of it. So then I got a new one another new one and yeah well i didn't really have the best luck over there but 
oh, it was an amazing experience, you know. Yep. Yeah, crikey! It sounds like we're on the way, same wavelength from uh, when I destroyed a car in England. But uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, we get to come home and leave them to fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when you're over here, you what do you do? You supply them a car or something? We, yeah, we have to we have to supply them a, a car and do all the maintenance on it. Which is it's actually quite ironic because the person that used my other car when they come here actually destroyed it as well oh, <laughs> so it sort of goes around in a full circle yeah 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 it's probably easier to fix a mini stock than it would be to oh, fix one of their cars definitely. though i, I like, would think I, after talking to some of them the amount of hours and time they spend into building those cars over there it's it's unreal yeah yeah so overall though that team new zealand thing um it's it's great it's obviously a really good thing in the mini stock class yeah, it's 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 probably it's to get in it. It's a bit a of hard work. Bit, a bit of not really hard work. It's just depends with your financials, really, because obviously it costs a lot to go over there and spend that much time there. Yeah, and yeah, it, you just got to be a real team player. And this goes out to any other mini stock kids listening. Yeah. Being real snobby isn't the way to get the New Zealand mini stock team. I tell you that you got to be a <laughs> you got to be a a real sportsman, you know, to show but that the way you, you the way you say anything. that the way you say that it sounds like from experience you've had a, a few you've heard a few people grimmel that they're not they've never oh, got in the team. Yeah, that <laughs> I exactly right, exactly right. I've heard a few people that have been like, oh how come I didn't get picked in the team? I won this, I won that. Well, it's not really, obviously you got to be pretty good, but yeah, it's not what it's all about. You know, it's, it's, you want to be a good guy to represent your country. You know, you don't want a snobby kid that thinks you're the next Kyle Larson going out there and just, you know, yeah, too making right. it fun for everyone else. Exactly. Too right. Um, that's us on the on the mini stock career. I think I think we've we've uh, we've nailed it all in that one. There, yeah, you've got to yeah. go out there. You've got to have fun. You've got to enjoy it. Be good at yeah. it. But most of all, it's all about fun and learning. That's mm. what brought you to midgets. Well, actually, I don't I don't know what brought you to midgets, but that's what brought you yeah. to the next stage of your speedway career. Now, yeah. Why midgets then? Well, I don't actually know. To be honest, we were we were very close to purchasing a stock car. Very close. We even. We even looked at a couple and thought about buying them. And then, I don't know, just maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or got kicked <laughs> in the head properly or something and realized, nah, open wheelers is the way I want to go. Yep. Did you did you oh, ever, going back, because you, you're still a, a mini stocker, you're still a kid, well, you're still a kid now, but mm. did you ever get a driving dad superstock? No, but I did. We have a paddock at home and I got to, do a couple of laps out there and it, yeah. they are I must say they are very, very cool. Yeah. I yeah. um a lot of open wheeler people just think, oh stock cars are bogans, but I I have a lot of time for stock cars and that side of speedway. Oh yeah. Probably one yeah. of the very few people that actually do, but I respect any kind of racing. Yeah, yeah. So I guess having that sort of I know it's only in a paddock, but a little bit of a taste there you've obviously seen what dad's done you've still probably got a connection to that open wheel scene from when when dad was racing i mean crikey he's a he's a national champion for goodness sake he's it's it's never going to go out of his blood that open wheel business (laughs) um so getting into it you still would have you guys would have 100 percent known what you're going into yeah well yeah that's exactly right dad sort of he does know his stuff about midgets and open wheelers in general but to be honest, when we when we did get back to them, he sort of um not forgot a lot of things, just that jogged his memory of a yeah. Excuse me, a lot of the things that he went through, especially with all our dramas that we had during the season, it it really um drawed him back to why he left midgets, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> all those gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, so obviously picking between the two, I mean Hey, the old boy, he, he done it. He he obviously, uh, a bit different, maybe a bit different circumstances, got a drive. But, you know, there's always the future and and you've got to just do something for time being. And if it's midgets and if you get, you know, you've got the opportunity now um, in time, uh, no pressure, but to 
become a father-son national champion, you know, something <laughs> something to aim for, I guess. And that could probably be a draw card is to follow in the footsteps for a bit. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Like even some of the people that have read my sponsorship proposals, that's one thing that I I say about my about me that I want to achieve in Speedway. I want to match what my dad did or even better him, but that's that's what drives me to put everything into Speedway. You know, I just he's my he's my outright idol of yep. anything. So a lot, yeah, a lot. How you just said that you you want to better him, you know, and that's a good way to to be you know uh, he's mm. your idol you want to match it but you want to better him and like that's a good drive to have i, I mm. actually i quite admire that you're just saying that yeah well a lot of people just say i want to i want to be a i just want to be a new zealand champion what's well, like well i want to be a new zealand champion as much as i can you know like everyone just wants that one i sort of i want to be the best there ever was that's that's why i do it that's why yeah. i think anyone does it really yep. yep exactly right how did you um how did you find jumping in in the midget from going from i mean 13th of february whatever the date was yeah. of yeah <laughs> of mini stocks and paradise of road brewer to the the 20th or whatever and <laughs> driving this high horsepower probably one of the fastest cars in speedway <laughs> from 50 horsepower to 400 horsepower yeah yeah exactly how'd you find that well i actually got i was fortunate enough to drive the car just out there on my own doing a couple of laps during the season at Waharao. but i don't know it didn't really teach me a lot just because the track's so small not made not really made for them and that that it wasn't actually that difficult really actually now looking back i think it's more difficult to drive a mini stock if anything but it's i say that like it, they're easy they're definitely not like they're easy to drive, but they're hard to be fast, and everyone's fast in midgets. So, yeah, yeah, that's they're an absolute animal. Those things. Well, in a mini stock, you sort of you, you're smooth. I don't know. You're going to correct me here because you got to be smooth in a mini stock. Well, that I do know. In the corners, you don't really want to get too sideways. But in a midget, is that you? You know, you're literally throwing it in the corner sideways and mm. and powering out. So I guess you're not. Well, you're not smooth at all to go fast, well, are you? Well, that's how that's that's Dad's been telling me off a bit for doing that because I've been so used to driving the mini stock where you're foot flat the entire time trying to build momentum. Where I get in the midget and I'm sort of trying to drive it the same nearly. Yep. So it's it's but it's actually sort of slowing me down <laughs> a little bit because yep. I'm trying to transfer that across. But um. I have definitely learned a lot in the races that I have done and realized how to drive these things. And yeah, they they are they are similar to mini socks in the way where you gotta build momentum and keep momentum up, but they're very different where you gotta try different lines, you gotta do different moves, but like at the towards the end of my mini sock career, you sort of uh, like any sixteen year old would, you sort of get a little bit not bored of the class, but mm. You just you've done you've been there you've done everything. It's you do different lines, you try different things, and then from doing that, it actually transferred across to some of the midget stuff. Really, the slide jobs yep. and crisscross off the top, and it's all it all does come back. Because I mean, a mini stop, you can race for five years, and I get what you're saying with the boredom and such. You race for five years, the cars don't really develop because it's the same parts no midget exactly. you can race you know people think well then you get you'll get bored racing a midget for five years or ten years but the parts develop in a midget and other mm. classes so you've got new parts things can change things get better and chassis change and whatnot so yeah. i suppose yeah like you've nailed it there so the slide jobs um is what you're supposed to are you are you meant to be throwing it in a bit more what or are you, oh. are, you are you coming in two sideways is that's what dad telling you off for well, he he says that I'm doing sort of what I did at the start of my mini stock career, where I'm I don't have any momentum at all. It's sort of just go on the corner, get off the gas, and then stand on it. But apparently, <laughs> that's not the way you do it. And I suppose I should listen to him. But um, but yes, yeah, from 
mini stocks where there's not there's not a lot of development there sort of is nowadays but that's the only real thing that we got bored of it was just the same old thing week in week out every season but um with midgets there's so many so much development like going on and still to come there's so many different options you can have as well it's it sort of um inspires you to keep going really Right, we'll take a quick break here at Doing It In The Dirt on NPR and be right back. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.npr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome back to Doing It In The Dirt on NPR where we are talking with 95k midget driver Mitch Fabish. Uh, We've just had a good chat about his uh, racing side of things and now uh, we'll have a chat about the car and... uh, the plans for this season so what um what sort of gear are you running what what chassis and and engine setup have you got with your midget so we we purchased the x cane buck midget uh 93a and that runs a um king chassis slinger nice. which is pretty pretty standard nowadays and it's it does definitely it is i will say it's not to the standard of like Pickens or Maskevich and those guys, but it, it it is very competitive and it's it's shown it in the races that I have done that we have got something to work with here. But like you say, you got to spend a lot of money to go good, but high risk, high reward, I guess. Yeah, when you say though, it's not as as good as the likes of Pickens. That if you've got the same chassis although he probably has an up, updated one don't you remember? yeah yeah definitely um you could you'd, you'd still get a bit of a fair bit of tech support uh, support from from mm. mr insley yeah yeah um justin has helped us quite a bit actually even though we've got a we've got an older chassis that's sort of fell fell out of his like what he helps with but yep he has been very supportive of me and helping me but yeah well to be honest, I just I think all chassis are the same. Really, I don't really think any chassis is different to the other. Any engine's different to the other. Obviously, a Toyota would help because they are the best thing around yeah. at the moment. But yeah. but it's I really just think it's who's behind it, who's driving it, who's setting it up, who's doing all the work. That's that's what that's what wins races. I think. Yep. So, dads, and as I've learned in this midget world over the last few seasons, being a being more involved in the commentary side of things. Um, crew chief, that's dad then, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Dad's so, dad's crew chief. He says all the all the calls of what we should do. And obviously since he's raced, he's a huge, huge help. Yeah. The, around, he's, the, he's the perfect crew chief. Get, he helps <laughs> me get my head around how to how to change these things. Yeah. And how yep. to suit it to the racetrack. It's yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to take in with them. Yeah. And in that short period that february to oh we were what well, i think End we got a full, season i guess i think we got a full season in this time around i can't remember <laughs> it's been a while um how'd you get on in the midget in, in a field of cars because it's one thing going to waharoa by yourself or a couple mm. how'd you get well, on with that's with actually what i want to talk about last time so from going to being out there by yourself, not you don't really actually learn that much while you're by yourself because you don't know whether you're fast, whether you're slow, if you're running the right line or what. It's sort of like leading a race, you know, you're just out there by yourself. Mm. But um, getting getting out there with the first time on my mentor off the back of the BT series at Kiki, that was that was probably the coolest moment I've ever had to go out there with some of the guys i looked up to as a kid seen it racing watched them at western springs and everything to go out there and i actually was actually pretty competitive i did make a couple passes in my first meeting i qualified good i think i qualified in 13th for the feature and i finished in 11th so i actually did make some passes which was it was pretty unbelievable really yeah that's massive that's awesome man and and did you only race at Kiki um in, in the midship. Last year we went to I think Kiki was my first meeting and then we went to Stratford twice. This first time was just a normal three heat night, and then the second time was the King of the Mountain Championship. 
yeah which I actually which I actually got third at which was pretty pretty cool I got nice. my first I got my first heat win and got third in the points which is it was pretty cool to get my first heat win and podium in the midget and only my third meeting I think it was yep that was cool yep. you, you, and then you, you're sort of repeating what you've done in the mini stock here mate yeah yeah hopefully it can be as successful I guess <laughs> but um yeah and then I think we went to Palmer's North and Harrisville which was I didn't actually do anything at those two meetings because that's when we started having our issues but yep uh, Palmy, I did zero laps. I think I think I got two laps in the feature, and that was it. And then Harrisville, we kind of sorted it. I did second heat. I finished third behind Pickens, which was pretty cool to get third behind him. Um, and then the feature, I finished the feature, and I think fifteenth or something out of a twenty car field. And then. Oh, where did we go from there? Huntley. And I didn't do any laps there either. I actually rode a wheel and did a big wheel stand and scared the living hell out of me. <laughs> I didn't do any laps there either. But then we went to Did you did you wreck uh, the car? Is that why you didn't do any laps? No, or no. Put wreck it, but done something? No, no, it, it did it actually didn't do any damage at all. I just sort of a yellow light came on on the first lap and everyone was bunched up and I rode over a wheel. Just did a big wheel stand. I'm just looking at the photo now. But um, no, nah, that wasn't the reason. We still didn't really fix our problems that we we're having. That we couldn't really find anything that yep. it was. We tried everything, done what all the experts have said, but we couldn't seem to find anything really. And then I think we, me and Dad, Dad is just at home all the time now because he's retired. And I took a day off work to um stay home and try and find the issue we we're having. And luckily, we actually did find it and it was such a big relief to find finally find that after like three meetings that we missed and then went to Waikaraka and Kiki for the last meeting the North Islands for the last weekend which was that was pretty cool Waikaraka was oh that was that was a mission because that was the Super Sock Teams Nationals and obviously it was real wet and rough rough as guts man yep yep i remember that that was a lot a very trying night trying different lines that i never thought would actually work it was pretty cool and then yep. and then kiki was really where i got to spread my wings but i guess i managed to get a third and a fourth of my heat and qualify fifth equal for the feature out of 25 cars which was oh, yeah. that was a real eye-opener to say to show that i actually had what it took to compete with the big guns you know and then the feature i sort of pushed myself a little too hard and spun out and wrecked the car but we don't we don't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the season that was yeah, that. that was that was yep. the end of the season but yep. although i didn't end the feature or i wrecked the car but that was definitely a bit like ended the season on a high to show that we fixed the car that we got it to run and that i could i could i had the pace to to be competitive and that was it was a real season high to be honest yeah because that's where that's where i sort of took notice obviously just as you do you follow sort of everyone through through mm. social media and that's where i spotted you was uh teams nationals up there um and and saw you up there on the track and yeah crap track for for, obviously <laughs> for midget racing you know, yeah no one's yeah. fault but um yeah i saw you out there doing your thing going good and i thought man this is this is awesome you i knew you'd only just come through halfway the season um and could tell right there you had the the potential. Um, obviously, it's great with the backing um, that you've got from and the support, I should say, as well from from Dad and that. But mm. like you just mentioned before, it's all about who's in that seat as well, and um, it's cool to see. So definitely yeah, can't wait. Right. Definitely can't wait to uh, see what you do. It's it's great watching the young uh, mini stock drivers come through in different classes i've found the last couple of seasons because you know everyone goes to the the super stock stock car ranks and we've got the hodge boys down here who yeah. uh, hopefully this year have a, a have a better year you know they started on a high last year mm. and it's sort of <laughs> they got they got on yeah. a roll literally and yeah, sometimes and, and those and, those boys they're 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 very good drivers i had yeah. a lot of battles with both those two boys and 
it just shows that mini socks can produce any sort of racer really yep and then obviously you know we've got ashton now moving in ashton osborne the into saloons, the um, yeah, saloons yeah. terence into the tqs yourself in yep. the uh the midgets you know it's it's great to see some different classes a very big um, widespread of breeder classes eh? exactly and it's it's going to be awesome to watch the next few years because there's sort of been a little bit of a lull of that going into the the various classes and hopefully now you guys have um even though you're young yourselves have sort of inspired a few more young mini stock drivers that you don't have yeah. to just go stock cars and super stock yeah. you can actually right. go out and and get into these open wheeler classes I, as well i think i think the last i think my age group well, what I've taken notice of anyway, I think most of them have actually gone to open wheelers, which is cool to see. I think there's right. about there's about five or six, maybe seven mini stock kids that are were in my year that have actually gone to TQs and wow and um six shooters and open wheeler classes, which is cool to see. Yep, yep. That's that's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. You when we jump off the uh, the on air part, you. You might have to give me a list of names so I could do some tracking down yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you know talk to a variety of drivers. Um, back to you yourself this coming season um, when we go racing, which is sounding more and more positive every day now. Yeah. What's what's the plans, mate? What's what's on the cards for yeah well, the the well, first the full season in the, in the midget? Well, now that I think today we've actually, they've actually announced that we actually can go racing under level two which is pretty yeah. good but um we've got big plans this year i want to try and do some western springs meetings just to get my toes wet with the big boys mm. and well like they say you know, you can only really learn if you jump in the deep ends kind of in a yeah. way but so we thought now that i've shown that i can drive and i've got what it takes we thought well we'll we'll dabble in a little bit of western springs competition yep yeah, and um, yeah. So we're we're gonna do the the midget series that got announced. We're gonna we entered that, do a bit of racing round. Obviously, Palmy and Harrisville at the end of the year, all the Kiki meetings. So yeah, I think we got about twenty five meetings on my calendar at the moment. Far out. Yeah, which Far is out. actually probably a bit too much, but <laughs> never have too much. Well, it gives you options, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yep. yep. So you'll have to, uh, do you have to get, yeah, you young fellas are fit anyway. You have to change the fitness up a little bit. Have you noticed that? Oh, I def- def- definitely. I may be yep. young, but I am sure as hell unfit. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I need to start going running around or working probably the, out or It's probably more the, the, the stamina, the endurance part, isn't it? Really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the, the wheel work. Mm, well, really in a feature is the only time I've ever really got get tired but it's it's only ever when it's been real rough and physical that it's yep. it, it takes a toll on you like yep. um the features my first feature at kiki it was pretty rough and that definitely showed my stamina in that race i think i last i did pretty good i think the last five laps i sort of didn't give up i just sort of kept it cool and just wanted to finish because i was knackered man <laughs> after coming from mini socks but yeah after the meetings that i've done i even that has sort of trained me up i guess to to last those long races yep yeah are you gonna are you gonna attempt the 50 yes yes i'm gonna attempt the western springs 50 not the bay park one because team champs is that weekend and obviously i still want to go and watch team champs yeah yeah. i like your priorities I'd, I'd, i'd never give anything up to watch that unless i sort of that changes weekends, but <laughs> but yeah, I I'm gonna attempt the fifty at least. I, that's the, probably the biggest race of the year in anything. Yep. So to give have an attempt at that would be pretty cool. Did Dad ever win the fifty? Or I can't remember off the top of my head. No, but he got he got third once, and I think he was leading at one time, but got spun out by a lap car. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. You got plenty of years to better to better. Yeah. Him. Not match him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's he keeps saying to me that I should I realistically should better him because he only started when he was thirty something and I've I've started racing when I was eleven years old. So 
that would probably yeah. have a lot more experience than what he even would. Do you reckon he'd go all right if you chucked him back in the car these days? I keep trying to I keep trying to convince him that he should try and squeeze in and have a go, but he just says he keeps telling me no, he doesn't want to show me up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Nice. Yeah, but that that um that it's not really rivalry, it's sort of banter that me and him have about it. It's 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 my motivation, you know, that he keeps thinking that he has it is making me want to go out there and prove that I have it too. Yep. Yep. So you guys, you guys obviously have quite a good bond going on though. Mm, yeah. Good. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time together talking about racing or working on race cars, or watching racing or whatever. Like yep. even on the off season, we've watched nearly, I think every USAC race on flow racing that we could. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, and obviously in between that, you've had to work on the car what mm. uh what changes what tweaks have you made on the car what was it that was going wrong that you've now obviously got to the bottom of so in our car it had it had a it had two inline fuel filters but one of them was way too fine and obviously a fuel injected engine needs fuel yeah so it wasn't it, basically all it was it wasn't getting enough fuel so yep. one of the fuel filters was way too fine and wouldn't force it enough through to make the car run really that yep. was all that was it. It sounds sounds really, really simple and easy to find, but I t- tell you what, it's not. Well, unless you measured every hose, you probably wouldn't know. Mm. But it's the the most annoying thing about midgets is you have to push start them every time to make sure they go. But it's like a stock car or whatever, you can just hit the button and it runs. Yep. Yep. But yeah, this um this off season we completely stripped the car down. We um got new new powder coating on the chassis. We did a couple of our own, I wouldn't say modifications, just strengthen it up because the chassis is pretty old and bent and battered, but we um sort of straightened it out a little bit, added some braces here and there to sort of help and stop it bending even more. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, we've we've changed a lot of the a lot of way we've set things up with the rear end and even the front end new gear ratios we've tried new fuel settings on the engine so it's not really noticeable changes but it, it hopefully it pays off hopefully it's noticeable under the uh the right foot under the loud pedal yeah yeah that's the one good stuff hey mitch it's um been awesome talking to you um uh, we, on on uh before we hit the record button i think we said you know we'll just chat for as long as we can and, and we've yeah, we almost filled the probably the whole show to be fair, which is awesome. <laughs> but um, before we wrap it up, uh, we like to give our our guests a, a bit of a chance to to thank those that helped them out. So go for it, mate. Oh uh, yeah, well obviously you can't do it without the people that support you. Obviously my dad, my mum, all my crew, the guys that all help me week in week out. My girlfriend for the amount of support she gives me, I know she would have wanted me to say that. So. <laughs> And all my sponsors, Farmline Machinery, Sidebite Media, Advanced Engineering, Devoy Panawicks, um, TWS, King Signs, Abrasive Blast and Paint, Ultra Paints, Motormark, Central Cafe, ATV Frame and Engineering, Split Firewood Supplies, MotorZone, uh, Boss Powder Coating and Fastmaster. I can't thank those guys enough for not only getting me out on the track, but keeping me racing, which is, you need the support nowadays. Yep. Especially in especially in my neck of the woods to to keep racing. Yeah, too right, too right. Um, so obviously now that uh, that you're in the midget, the uh, the eye racing's probably cracked up a little bit. You're spending a bit more time doing that, and, yes, and really doing a bit of simulation work. Mm, well, over lockdown, I think that's all I really did was eye racing and sim racing, even if it's tarmac or anything. But honestly, if you if you're looking for something to keep you going in the off season when you're not racing i racing is definitely the key it may not look like it like it's the same or like it drives the same but i tell you what if you if you spend the time on it it definitely pays off yep does it does it actually work does it does it help i i honestly think it does maybe not with getting faster but learning more racecraft, learning different lines learning different places to go and setups the setup side of it has helped me a lot to change things and to see what it does on the cars it's very eye-opening to me yeah nice awesome stuff mitch i uh i look forward to 
going to say to seeing you race, but I've seen you race once. So now I look forward to seeing you race again, um, <laughs> hopefully in Palmy. Hopefully hopefully we can get to Auckland and uh, have a look at the Springs. Otherwise, no doubt they'll be somewhere because yeah. it's always good to have a bit of midget racing in between all the stock cars we get down here. Until then, though, um, take care, mate. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it's not too long before you can fire the car up. Sweet. No, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Well, there we go. What an awesome chat young uh, Mitch was there, and it's great to hear many mini stock graduates are spreading out to uh, to all the classes um, this season and hopefully in the coming seasons, not just the super stock and uh, stock car ranks. Well, before we wrap up our show this week here at Doing It In The Dirt on NPR, how good is it to hear we are going racing under level two? Gisborne Speedway are kicking things off this weekend with a club day. Uh, gates opening at 3 p.m. and racing from 4 p.m. with a $10 gate charge. Uh, please remember, though, you know, like with all the guidelines and uh, everything that's going on around the place, just uh, follow what Gisborne have put in place for their meeting because the last thing we want is uh, one of our speedways to be making this uh, this COVID news for the wrong reasons. So let's everyone, we'll play ball and uh, so we can keep this season to a full one. Uh, you know, as much as we can anyway. And But uh, check out the Gisborne Speedway Facebook page for more information on that meeting. But uh, bloody good to get back on the dirt under under these conditions is, uh, at the moment. Um, I know one thing you do have to do is uh, you've got to scan or sign in. So make sure you've got that app. Everyone should have that on, obviously, anyway. And, um, yeah, enjoy going back racing. We'll have uh, plenty of uh, promoters, no doubt, and... Um, uh, presidents or, or the likes over the next few weeks talking about their tracks getting underway well i hope you uh enjoyed our chats uh don't forget you can listen on demand npr.nz slash show slash d-i-i-t-d or look us up uh, doing it in the dirt on spotify to uh to re-listen to all our shows also a shout out to our show sponsors uh Rees race cars gary over there and uh, burn art cars and of course brew as apprentice for the best feed in palmy also a great place to watch the footy and even the boxing and usc pay-per-view events check out their new menu and an awesome app to order from when you go in there all right guys that's us uh, here doing in the dirt we'll catch you next week.